Welcome to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, where we explore dysfunctional partnerships that became deadly. These stories give a whole new meaning to the term, till death do us part. Hi everyone, welcome back to Relationships Unhinged. So this is episode two. Episode two. That people came back to listen for more, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Yeah. So I decided, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I want to I want to kind of like have a true crime show and I want to like lay out these stories and like kind of investigate. But then I decided, you know what, that's really not what I want to do. What I want to do is like review the facts and talk about the case and like kind of present them to you. And we could just talk about them, kind of see... What your take is on them. And what's cool is anybody who's listening and maybe for the first time on episode two, um, go back and listen to episode one so you can see how terrible it was. And then maybe we'll get better over time. Yeah, like we'll get to ex- episode 100 and I'll be better than that guy that's like on Dateline. That's like, whoa. Yeah, that that's guy's pretty good though. Guy. Yeah, he's very serious. And <laughs> he's so yeah. good. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, what's cool about the show is I know nothing about these cases. Yeah. So you did all the research, you I know, these cases. right? And I just listen and and I look at the facts, but I kind of like want to look at the psychology of it. You know, like what happens with these people and how they end up getting from like a happy couple to, you know, someone's dead. Yeah, sometimes more than one person. Yeah, and that's that's never good. No, I mean, some of these some of these couples seem normal, you know, and like <clears throat> so you. you you look at how these people decide to kill each other instead of just get a divorce. And what always amazes me is, you know, I have two people that love each other, and then the way they kill each other in such a brutal fashion always amazed me. Right. And I mean, well, I mean, because there's a lot of passion involved. Like, right. you know, as a person that, you know, might be an investigator or something, you go to a crime, someone stabbed once, you're like, oh, you know, maybe they came in on something. Someone stabbed 600 it's like, times. Like, man, this person really loved this person. Right. Someone stabbed 600 times. You're like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of hate here. Yeah, a lot of passion. Fine line between love and hate, right? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, what, what drives these people to kill each other instead of just get a divorce, you know? Yeah. So. So episode two, what, what, what do we got going on now? I'm almost afraid to ask. All right. So we're going to talk about this couple, Jason Young and Michelle Young. This is certainly not the first show that they've been on. They've been on a lot of famous shows. They've been on, you know, I think. Famous shows I think sort of like Dateline. this one. Yeah, I think yeah, like yeah. a Dateline episode. Um, probably been covered by some other podcasts, but. It's a it's an extremely famous story. It happened in 2006. There was a civil trial, um, two you know regular murder trials, and and now a true crime book is being written about it. So it's kind of been like you know it's like resurfaced a little. So what what brought you to this this story? So it's kind of nuts because this couple you know they they dated and they got married kind of fast. She found out she was pregnant and they and they got married um, because she was pregnant. But if you look like in his court trial transcripts, you know, he he has a hard time saying that they were happy about it. You know, like he says, oh, you know, you know, she she got pregnant. She told me and it was kind of like she was afraid for me to tell my mom. But I was like, I'm gonna tell my mom. And then my mom was like, you got to get married. You know, you got to make make an honest woman of her, you know, the way things used to be. Even though this is only 16 years ago, things right. have come like. Oh, definitely. Very far. Yeah, definitely. Now it's like, oh, you're pregnant. OK, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, so. Um, they got married so pretty fast and he says like, oh, you know, you 
yeah, we probably would have gotten married. I think we would have eventually, you know. But definitely not the traditional sense that it used to be. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I mean, her dad wasn't holding a shotgun. Right. <laughs> yeah, the shotgun wedding. Right. So um, anyway, they got married and they had, they had a kid, they had a daughter. And then, you know, the daughter was two years old when, he, when the wife got killed. You know, allegedly he murdered her. I mean, he was convicted of it. You know, but I'm still going to say allegedly. And I think he's trying to go for a third trial. But so far, his requests have been declined. But so for two years, they were married. And he had multiple, multiple affairs. Okay. And she found out she was pregnant. So he was definitely into the relationship or love. <laughs> right? That's what I'm getting from this. <laughs> right. I mean, this guy seems kind of smarmy to me. Right, right. I'm not sure what anybody saw on him. Like, I'm not sure what his wife saw on him. But, you know, there's a, like a lid for every pot, as Absolutely, my grandmother yeah. would say. yeah. But it's not so much that. Like, a lot of women were interested in him. And he was kind of just not, he was kind of smarmy. Okay. You know, so, um, he, in fact, in the month before he allegedly murdered his wife, he slept with one of her friends. I'm sure they're one of her Having well. an actual, like, ongoing affair that had just started, but was like, it continued even after the murder. He was talking to this girl on the phone and the, the day before the murder. This girl claims she has no idea. But this girl was like a sorority sister. Right. And was also married and then having an affair with her friend's husband. And then he also slept with this other girl, like in that in that previous month. Right. Before he married. Now all these girls came forward, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So the one girl, I'm not sure exactly what happened. It was kind of like a one night stand. Like she came over. The kid was awake. He was hanging out with her. They were drinking. Then he put the kid to bed and they ended up having sex. While the kid's in the house. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> In his marital home. Yeah. But the other girl, you know, admits to having, like, you know, multiple encounters with him. She doesn't seem to have much regret. I don't know. She, you know, for her friend's friend to be sleeping with her husband, like, she yeah. didn't seem very... Not a real good friend. No. Yeah, no. No. Isn't rules with that? I don't know. I've heard. I mean, you would think. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know what I, I find interesting? Like, you know, you talk to your friend, and your friend's like, you know, my husband's such a dick. Like, this is what he did. And then your friend's like, oh, he is a dick. Like, what would ever compel you to want to, like, deal with your friend's dick husband? Right. You know? <laughs> right. You hear the stories yourself. Why right, like, you? that's your problem. Like, right. you know, he sounds like a real asshole. And this guy really did sound like an asshole. This guy was constantly having an affair. Yeah. So now, incidentally, his wife, Michelle, was pregnant, four, five months pregnant, with a baby boy when she got killed. Wow. So he was away on business. So it was, like, a lot of weird stuff that happened, like, leading up to this, you know, the, the two affairs... The one that was kind of like, you know, I guess hot and heavy. Um, he was going to this business. He was a salesman. So he was going to a business trip in Virginia. They lived in North Carolina. So his business trip was 169 miles away. Right. So he leaves. Now, apparently, you know, she was supposed to spend the night with her friend watching Grey's Anatomy. Friend comes over around 630. They're going to watch TV. Her friend, this is not the friend that was sleeping with him. I was going to say, that's no, no, no. that's... Yeah, that's yeah, a different friend. Okay. She sounds like she had a lot of friends. You know, she sounds like they had a big group of, of friends. And their friends claim that they had no problem fighting in front of everyone, airing their dirty laundry in front of everyone. Now, here's the question. Was their social media page one of, like, oh, we're this perfect family, everyone's happy, well, every this is photos. 2006. Yeah. So this is, like, early, early, early right. days. So, no, not really. I don't even know if they even had a social media page. I think Facebook started in 2006, right? right I'm not sure. 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah so I, I didn't see anything like that for them. Right. Um, but, you know, so... This is pre-selfie days. 
Yes. Yeah. This is when you still had one of those big cameras. Right, right. Take a selfie. You break you your like wrist trying to... corner of your yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> this is when Strange would be nice enough to come up and say, would you like me to take a picture yeah. of you? Oh, yeah, if you don't mind me in the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because your flip phone would have a terrible front viewing camera. You know, right. Be all pixelated. Yeah. I got a, I had a flip phone taken one time. I had stolen, and it got recovered. And the cop said to me, what's, a, what's on the picture? I said, oh, the Bellagio. And they go... Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Because you couldn't even tell what you were looking at. Right. Just like you know? a big mass of like white and water. Yeah, it was so loud too. When you took the picture, everyone heard it. Yes. It was like amplified. God forbid you took a video and like if you laughed at something, like what did you really even see? Yeah, exactly. Like right now if someone showed you a flip phone video, you'd be like, what? What was that? What is that? What am yeah. I looking at? You'd think you're drunk or something looking at it. Technology is so much better now. Yeah. So anyway, their friends say, you know, they had no problem. You know, Aaron, their dirty laundry, she would say she was unhappy. You know, he was, he was like, emotionally abusive, absent a lot. And well, I imagine he would be absent with all those girlfriends. That, and it's he gotta be time for his job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're only there, like, with your family, like, 25% of your life. Right. Because you're traveling. But then you, like, have time to have, like, girlfriends? Yeah. Like, I, I don't get that. I, the same, this is the same kind of guy that will complain, like, you know, Oh, I'm always working. Oh, I don't have time for myself. I never rest. Meanwhile, he's got 75% of the time he's not with his family. You're like having sex with so many girls. Like nobody would have energy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he, the friends claim that he was always saying he doesn't have enough sex. Like how much sex does a person need? You got three fucking women at least (laughs) sleeping with you. How much sex do you need? You know? So I think like, that was just a front, like, to try to make it look like, oh, you know, poor me. Like, right, if right. his affairs ever got discovered, they're like, well, I guess she should have had sex yeah. with him. Hence, she has two pregnancies. So right. at least she had sex with him, like, at least... Twice. Right. And she was miserable. So even so, they must have had at least one, mo- one moment that right. they were happy in, in the previous few months. So um, <clears throat> so he goes to this business trip in Virginia. She's there with her friend. Her friend says, you know, he was acting a little weird. He doesn't usually plan or talk about stuff he does a lot of traveling so he just throws his stuff in the car gets in the car and goes but this particular night he made a point to say to those two oh i'm gonna stop at a cracker barrel probably get gas you know hopefully get there by blah 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 time. so it almost sounds like he's setting up an alibi exactamente right right right, right. so he goes which wouldn't be a big deal if if it wasn't a character if he always had done that no one would think anything and no one would be the wiser right. But normally he's just like, peace out, bitch, because he doesn't even really like his wife. Like, right. she says she, like, literally hates him, and he says, like, he literally, they, they, they literally have said to their friends, I hate my life. Hmm. So, yeah, so now he's, like, all of a sudden he's like, hey, listen, well, you know, maybe he was trying to sleep with a friend. Maybe. You know, you never know. <laughs> I mean, listen, invitations to the Cracker Barrels, you know, uh, it doesn't get better I mean, that. like, we're from New Jersey, so it's like, oh, Cracker Barrel, but, yeah. like, they're North Carolina. There's, like, a Cracker Barrel, like, every three miles. You're probably right. Like, yeah. it's like saying, oh, it's old hat. I'm going to go to Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big deal. So, um, so he goes to this trip. He checks into his hotel at Hampton Inn in Virginia, um, like 1050 at night. So there's surveillance ca- camera. It sees him in this shirt. It's like, you know, like a regular, just like a, like a zip up, uh, sweatshirt. And then incidentally, like an hour and a half later, Hour later, he comes down to the desk again. He's wearing a different shirt, a darker shirt, and he asked for a newspaper. And random, yeah. And then, like, that's the last you see on the on the video. 
However, he only used his key card once that night. So did he he must have gone in his room, not let the door lock. Right. Come down again. So it took a chance that someone's dealing with shit though. But oh, I mean, what is he probably even had had anything in there, you know? He probably left his stuff in his car. Yeah, but I'm thinking you don't leave your door ajar in a hotel. Right. But unless you're going really to kill someone. Stay. Right, right, right. Right. So listen to this listen to this craftiness that, that this guy displayed. You already said he's swarmy, so I'm, I'm just He's smarmy and crafty. Smarmy and crafty. So he does that, right? Yeah. And and there's like a little surveillance that sees him going outside. And he says, Oh, I was just gonna smoke a cigar. Well, the door to the stairwell gets propped open with a, a rock. Okay. Right? Now that door locks from eleven at night till six in the morning. Okay. So almost six AM, you know, the the day shift employees come in, they're like, Why is this rock here? And they take it out. But he's not back yet, but it unlocks at six. So uh-huh. he can get back in. So he drives back to North Carolina. So now he's no, I hate being in the car for too long. Right. He's already driven three hours to this place. Now he drives back to his house three hours and then plans on driving right back after the murder. So a lot of driving. I know that's nine hours of driving to kill your wife. And not only that, but think all the time that you're in the car before and after right. what's the going through your head. Anticipation, the plan. Like when you're in the car, you're not you can't do anything else. Right. You just gotta think. I mean you can listen to music, but, but if your I'm brain's one, just going. If I'm one of those drawers, I'm thinking to myself, he had plenty of time not to do this. You right. had three hours to drive. In that three hour time, no one nothing in your brain's like, this is a bad idea. Like maybe I should go back. Right. So it's really I mean, he knew. He's driving yeah. all the way there, planning like, oh, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna check in. I'm not gonna lock my door. I'm right. It's go all back premeditated. All premeditated. But at any point, like, I mean, he must have been like, almost excited about it, like right. driving up there, and he's like, this time to do. And then he gets there and he tries to carry out his plan perfectly. So he leaves the door open. He drives back to North Carolina. He kills his wife with the with the baby in the house. So he sh- he basically beats her to death. She gets beat with some sort of blunt object, which they still haven't found to this day like over 33 times and like attempted strangulation, but the strangulation didn't kill her. So right. beat her to death. And the kid's in the house? The kid's in the house. and um, He didn't do nothing to the kid? No. Okay. No, so that that's one of the reasons why you think it might be the husband. Like, you know, if there's a fight going on, someone's beat, you know, this kid, this kid isn't touched. Right. If it's a stranger, they may kill the kid. Right, what do they, what do they care? Right. But the kid was, when they found her the next day, the kid was in her bed under the covers, but awake. But so, um, how did they discover her body? So he called her sister and said, oh, "I can't get a hold of her. I can't get a hold of Michelle. Can you go over and check check on her?" So this is one thirty in the afternoon. She gets discovered. So sometime like overnight, he you could imagine if he left the hotel around midnight, probably killed her around three a.m. You know, leaves the poor kid in the house, her footprints in her mother's blood all over the house, oh where she's just wandering around, and then. You know, is probably thinking like, oh, you know, the baby's name's Cassidy. Cassidy's like in there with her mom's dead body. I, I got to get somebody over there. Like probably if the baby wasn't there, maybe he wouldn't have called anybody. He just would have waited till he got home. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tell you the truth. What happened? He's probably better off because right. a couple of days later, it's like, when was the time of death exactly? Nobody really knows. Like, you know, but in this situation, you know, it leads you to believe like the person cared about the kid. But, you know, he so he calls her sister. Her sister goes over there. Her sister finds... You know, Michelle's body, beaten, bloody, finds a kid. So when the friend was over at night watching Grey's Anatomy, 
the baby was put to bed with a diaper, pajamas. But in the morning when or the afternoon, when the sister found them, the baby didn't have a diaper on, had like her mother's blood on her. Um, you know, Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It is bad. It's, yeah. It's bad. So his parents claimed to have driven to where he was to break the news to him. And like, oh, you know, the blood drained out of his face. And he was so shocked and scared. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think he knew. Aside from the rock, you know, he comes back after six, goes back to his room. Still, his key card's only been used, allegedly, in the computer system once. Right. And when he goes back in... No surveillance in the hallway where to... I'm glad you asked me that. Yeah. So the camera was disconnected. The wires were ripped out of it. Yeah. And the pipe was like, had a handprint on it where somebody had reached to move the camera's angle in that specific stairwell. Now, will they get a palm print from the pipe? I was wondering that myself. I don't know. I, I you know, it was like really clear because mm-hmm. the pipe was really dusty and there's the palm print, like, bam, like, it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it it was like it was in the evidence as like a palm print. It wasn't in the evidence as like a fingerprint. Right. But it was clear as day. Somebody obviously tampered with it that specific day because the day before it was working, you know, then they find this rock, then they find this camera. And they don't even know necessarily the people working there don't even necessarily know that a murder happened. Right. You know? So as the police start, you know, investigating, they're like, you know, incidentally, we found this rock. We took it out. But when we took it out, it's going to be 6 a.m. anyway. Right. It's going to be unlocked. Then we find this camera's disabled, but this guy only used his card for his door one time. Yeah. Which, this guy, like, you know, this was a lot of thinking. Absolutely. This was a lot of thinking. You know, when they say premeditated, that's what they mean. Like, thinking all these steps that you're going to do, like, how are you going to do it? Right, and he carried it out, like, with a lot of precision. You know, he was never charged for three years. And in that time, her family was so mad. Her family sued him in civil court. Oh, so they all thought it was him from the beginning. Totally. Right. Totally. I mean, they knew they weren't happy. Um, and when she found out she was pregnant with their second baby, like, this is how inattentive this guy was. They find out they're pregnant with the second baby. She writes she writes on a shirt, a T-shirt for the baby, something like, um, you know, I'm going to be a big sister. So he comes in from work, and the two-year-old's running around with this shirt, I'm going to be a big sister, like, all day. He doesn't notice it. Finally, she's like, look at her shirt. He's like, ugh. Wow. 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 Right? So then, like, you know, they're, they're questioning him in his first trial because in the second trial, he didn't take the stand. I don't know if he said something, but he was, they, they were leaning towards acquittal in the first trial. Wow. So I don't know if it was a mistake for him not to testify or if it was a good thing, but they thought that the things he had to say might be brought up by the prosecution and kind of shredded because I don't know if they were expecting what he was going to say. What would he say? So he said, you know, with this, with this baby, he said that, uh, you know, he, when he found out, and he's, he's like, I just you know, kind of going about my day. I didn't even, like, notice the shirt. So she, she, like, pointed it out. And I was like, oh. And it's like, were you, were you happy? He's like, oh, we were just, like, surprised. We were so, so surprised. Like, just shocked. Like, shocked. Like, surprised. And they were like, but were you happy? He's like, we were just shocked. I mean, So he came and answered the question. It, it, like, took, like, everything. It was, like, practically Chinese water torture trying to watch to the point where he finally said, oh, yeah. Yeah, we were happy. Yeah. I mean, like it almost like hurt. It almost like hurt my feelings for her, right? Because right. she didn't even like him anyway. Like, and here he's cheating on her, and now she's gonna be having another baby. So in her mind, maybe she's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this shirt on Cassidy. I'm gonna surprise him. We're gonna work on things. We're gonna be happy. Yeah, because 
Add a baby to the mix always makes it better. <laughs> it's every my mantra. Every time. A baby always fixes things. Absolutely. Right? So, you know, and, and it, it must have been hurtful for her. Knowing, right. like, I mean, you know, a mother's committed no matter what. You know, he, you know, he could walk away, but she's always going to have, right. you know, children to raise. I mean, he could pay her. Yeah, I mean, that sucks too, you know, but like, she's always going to have to raise her children. Right. You know, he could walk away. And so, but here she's thinking, I guess, like, in an optimistic way, like, well, you know, this is exciting, kind of, you know. So they had a really hard time during her pregnancy. They fought a lot, her friends, and everybody say they fought a lot. And uh, and then so she ends up getting killed during her pregnancy. She was five months pregnant when she got killed. Um, so... It happens so much. It's crazy, all these pregnant people getting killed. It, it's just, you know, it's mean. And, you know, this is going to sound really screwed up. And I'm, I've just come to the conclusion that in my life, you know, I say things that if people aren't thinking them, they they cringe at what I say, and then they go, you know, but that's kind of accurate. But like, I feel like if you kill your pregnant wife, it's like a man's form of abortion. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like it is messed up. Yeah, but you're right. Like you don't want to have a baby, so kill your wife and the baby. Like, yeah. You know, a woman doesn't want to have a baby; she goes and has an abortion. A man can't compel someone to have an abortion. You know, so like if you beat up your pregnant wife or you kill your pregnant wife. It's just, it's a monster. It's a monstrous act. So it, bad. It's so bad. Like, you so know, bad. But I don't even think she needed it. The amount of hate you must have for somebody or just, you know. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, like bad. in court, they were saying to him, like, were you excited it was going to be a boy? And he's like, that, that's like the only time that he kind of perked up. He's like, yeah. He's like, we went to an appointment together and found out it was going to be a boy. But like, did it really matter? Because in the end, right. you killed them. Right. You didn't Both. care. Right. So, um, so her family, you know, isn't, you know, doesn't think that the, that the police have really, not that they haven't done their job. The police admit they didn't really have enough evidence. Here, the guy says, I was in Virginia. Yeah, it's not the police fault. It's the justice system. Right. And, you know, he, so he sort of has an alibi. When, when they questioned him after they got him from the hotel in Virginia, first of all, the clothes that he was wearing that night, the second time he went to the desk, were, were missing. Missing, gone. Right, right. They weren't in a suitcase. They <laughs> right. weren't on him. So he yeah. got rid of them, obviously. Plus... You know, he's just like, oh, my God, I've been here in Virginia. My wife's dead. What? You know, like, so, but they, I guess, were trying to put together a case. You know how it is. It takes a long time. Yep. They want a case that they can convict. They don't want to waste a bunch of time. And then. Yeah, it's like putting water in a bucket that has holes in it. Right. And and incidentally, in his first in his first murder trial, he was acquitted, like I said. They went back, and, and he was convicted. But. You know, that's what I'm saying, like all those resources. And they, I think they might have felt kind of rushed because her family ended up having a civil court case against him. Right. They win $15 million. The cops say, all right, well, if, you know, if they win, maybe we, maybe we do have enough evidence. So about six months later, they go to court. Then he gets tried. No evidence. Right, you can't evidence. use it. And you can't use evidence from a civil trial. Right. So they don't have enough evidence, and he gets acquitted. So it was really kind of a hung jury. It wasn't really acquitted. It was a hung jury, right. eight to four in favor of acquittal. So the judge declared him his trial, and then he goes back to court February 6th. And like I said, this time he didn't he didn't um, testify on his behalf. And this time he got found guilty. So, but, you know, it's just crazy because, like, you see you see this girl that he was sleeping with, having an affair with. And, and incidentally, you know, I got to give these people credit because here this guy's having an affair with this other girl for only one month, but they already had time to go to Orlando for a weekend together. Wow. Like, how did these people find the time? Yeah, what resources? Like you're both, you're both working. Well, he's in sales. So I guess it was a little easier for him to 
Be like, oh, by the way. All you got to do is sell one account and be like, right. I worked. Yeah, I, was, I had to go to Orlando <laughs> this time. Right. Yeah. So. It's convenient. Yeah, so that that's the girl that testified. That was her friend that gave, you know, zero fucks right, right. about what she did to her friend. You know, and so there's, she's on the stand testifying, not giving, not giving a fuck. Right. The other girl's on the stand saying, like, I'm an asshole. I should never have slept with him. I regret that. Um, you know, it's, it's disgusting. Like, almost wanting a gag, you know, right. major regret. And then he has an ex-fiance who they had a fight. They were going to get married, literally going to get married. Had a wedding planned, everything. Boy, she lucked out, huh? She dodged she a bullet. totally dodged a bullet. <laughs> so, yeah, get this. So she's engaged to him. They have a wedding planned. They get in a fight. He decides he wants to rip her engagement ring off. He's holding her down, like, you know, not necessarily hitting her, but like holding her down, like trying to get this ring off her. This is like a 20-minute struggle on her, like on her her side. Her her story that she right. tells in court is basically this 20-minute struggle into where he was sitting on her, puts his knees on her arms, holds her down, you know, he's trying to rip this ring, cuts her finger with his nail, finally gets it off. Apparently this ring was a little bit too small for her too. So it was even harder than just like a regular ring. Yeah. It's two sizes too small, she says. So she, you know, she's so upset about this. She tells her parents, like, two oh sizes God. too small. What was it, like a link sausage? <laughs> her finger must have been like, yeah, it was purple, like the six times the size of other ones because that's all it does make it swell and yeah. harder to get off. Right. So he takes, she tells her parents, you know, can you believe this prick? Like, you know, we got in a fight and he's taking his ring off. It's like, and her parents are like, dude, don't marry this guy. Yeah, that's like a we flag. Don't, care. You know? don't marry this guy. And she's like, you know, but you know we're engaged the wedding's but they're like don't marry this guy and she's like you know what you guys are right she decides not to marry him good move <laughs> right saved the life and the craziest part is like yeah i mean he was violent with her before they were ever together like right. there's not really a lot of evidence saying that he was violent with his wife except for the 30 something bludgeonings but yeah um <laughs> <laughs> you know her friends and her family has been like you know this could have been her. She could have been killed. And maybe yeah. she could, maybe just had like a tendency towards violence or, yeah. you know. But so unfortunately, you know, his wife, he was then available for her. Right. And then she had to suffer through what he what he put her through. You know, the affairs, the mental abuse, the, you know, putting her down in front of their friends, the embarrassments. And then finally the murder. Now their two-year-old daughter is now living with her family. Okay. And he's in jail. Her family? Yeah. Right. Was there like a battle between what family was going to get the baby? No. Oh, that's good. No. And it's funny. Just add his, insult to injury. His mom kind of tried to uh, try to say, you know, he wasn't violent. You know, right. He was a very loving man. But then they, they bring up the story with the ex-fiance and the mom's like, yeah, 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 I, I knew about that. And so they're like, well, don't you consider that violent? And she's like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like. She couldn't even really stick up for him right. and tell the truth. Like, you can't sit on the stand and tell the truth and then try and cover for this guy. Right. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So then in 2017, he decides he wants to have another appeal, but he gets denied. So So he's just sitting in jail right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And that, that we, we always say, how, did, how does it get to that point, right? Like, just like, wake up one day, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm done. It's going to cost too much for a divorce. I don't want to go through all that. So I'll just kill her, and hopefully I'll be okay. Right, like how could a funeral <laughs> and, and everyone's accusations yeah. or any of this stuff be better than... And you have to know, like, if, if you're going to go through that, people are going to come out of the woodwork against you. I mean, this guy thought he was bulletproof. 
Obviously. And this guy has got so many skeletons in his closet. Right. That's what I'm saying. If He's you have like all these people. affairs, you will really stay under the radar. Right. <laughs> this guy literally, th- I mean, just yeah. the absolute balls on this guy. Yeah. Just, just thinking he was like completely like above the law or yeah. like could out manipulate, you know, the legal system or people or a jury from knowing that he was really a psycho, a deranged person. Well, that. That's a tough one right there, because again, once again, there's the kids involved. You get, you know, she's pregnant, and there's a two-year-old left behind without a, without a basically without parents because she's dead and he's you in jail. Wonder what the baby saw too. Right. You know, was absolutely. She, was she in the room? Was she in her own room and climbed out of her bed? Like well, you said, she already was walking around with blood on her and feet. Her mom's body. Like right. who knows what she's gonna remember? She was only two, but that that doesn't mean anything. Like even if you don't have a specific memory of that, it's still trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not, yeah. nothing will be the same for her. No. It's a shame. Well, that was good. Hey, listen, another crazy murder story, right? Right? Yeah. What, what worries me is what you're going to tell me next, because it seems like you're trying to go f- worse and worse for the shock and the all factor. I mean, I'm not the killer. I'm right. just the researcher. Yeah, I know. So this just shows how bad people could be. Yeah. Very evil. Right. People I mean, are evil towards each other. They are. They yeah. are. And as hateful as a divorce could be, it's not as hateful as murder. Right. Just listen, the bottom line is just get a divorce. Don't kill each other. Right. That would, if we right. had to do a PSA, that's what it would be. Get a divorce. Right. Right. Just get a divorce. Don't kill each other. But did you ever watch War of the Roses? Like, you know, mm. they end up killing each other, but they're trying to get a divorce. <laughs> 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 so who knows what's going to end up happening? I know. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode. Yes, thank you very much. And I have another exciting case I can't wait to start talking about next time. Hopefully you'll listen. Well, come back and see what episode three has in store for you. Okay. All right, take care. Be well. Bye-bye, guys.